Good day to you and welcome to the NPFCC Messages podcast. Today you're listening to a message that's a part of our message series called Life on Mission. We all make decisions every day and those decisions determine the direction and ultimately the destination of our lives as well as the lives of those around us. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. But the only way to experience life to the full is by deciding to follow Jesus and to live a life on mission for his kingdom. So we pray this message challenges you and encourages you to live a life on mission. Hey, you know, on um, November of the year 2000, uh, a gentleman named Merv Grzynski, he purchased a brand new 32-foot Winnebago motorhome. And on his first trip, he hit the wide open roads and the wide open spaces, and he got out there in the middle of nowhere, and he was just on this nice, long, straight road, and he thought, this is the perfect time, you know, to just test out my new motorhome, and he reached down, and he hit the cruise control, and he's just loving it, and he hit the cruise control, and then he walked back to make a cup of coffee. <laughs> and not surprisingly, his uh, Winnebago... Uh, left the freeway and crashed, overturned, and Mr. Grzynski sued Winnebago for not advising him in the handbook that the cruise control didn't work that way. And he was awarded $1,750,000 and a brand new Winnebago. Winnebago, of course, now has a warning in their handbook that reads, important, cruise control will only control your speed, not your direction. It will only control your speed, not your direction. Folks, I think way too many of us, uh, and way too many of us, uh, set our lives and our families on cruise control, and then we step away from the driver's seat, and we wonder why in the world did we crash? You know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about living life on mission, and, and a, as opposed to living life on cruise control. And, and I want to remind you that if you do not have, do not purposefully steer your life, something else will. Maybe gravity, maybe culture, maybe, maybe circumstances, or, or your desires and temptations. Something will, and, and all these things will try to pull your life in certain directions. And as we've been saying, direction determines destination. So we need to determine what destination we hope for and then allow God to help us set our direction on how we are going to get there. So last week we talked about how a mission statement gives you direction. It's kind of like your North Star. And if you let it, it will keep you from heading, it'll keep you heading in the right direction. It'll help you say no to all the stuff that the world is trying to get you to say yes to that will take you off mission. So for those of you who were with us, how's your mission statement going? I, I got a couple of emails this week that were very encouraging because people are like, yes, I, I need that. And, and I just want to encourage you, um, just like, you know, in our prayer series, we said, hey, don't come to the prayer series, pray for, you know, five weeks during the prayer series, and then drop off, right? It, like, keep, got to keep it going, right? Same thing on a mission statement. If you don't have one, right, then, then don't, don't go, oh, okay, well, that was nice to hear. Like, we, you, you need to get this down. Um, and obviously, we talked last week about how it needs to align itself with God's mission, so, and why is it so important? It's important because of this. Because everyone ends up somewhere. Everybody ends up somewhere. The question is, will you end up there on purpose? And I want you to end up there on purpose. Even more important is this reality. Everyone will end up somewhere for eternity. And I want to make sure as a pastor... I want to make sure as your friend, I want to make sure as a husband and a father that the people around me will end up in the right eternal destination. And I want to make sure my family ends up in the right place. Don't you? As I speak to people, it seems that one of the places that, um, that lacks mission and the lack of mission takes its greatest toll on people's lives is in the home. 
families live chaotic lives. And it just seems to get more and more and more chaotic. And, and, and there seems to be a greater and greater sense of tension because, I believe, because families don't have a kingdom-aligned mission that, al- that unites them. Um, there's a, a author named Patrick Lencioni. Um, uh, one of our leaders uh, pointed out a book to me that he wrote that was really good, and it was called um, Three Questions for Frantic Families. And in there he has a quote. He says, yes, life is often busy and demanding at times, but it should also be lived with a sense of purpose and sanity that allows us to be the people we're meant to be. How many of you are living in the insanity? Yeah. How many of you wish that you could just get off the hamster wheel, at least for a couple minutes, right? And that's what we're talking about, is, is creating a mission statement that helps us have direction, have purpose, so that we can be the people God designed us to be, not the people that the world is pressuring us into being. You know, back on um, March 17th, 1989, uh, something uh, incredible happened that absolutely rocked my world to the core. You see, eight months prior to that date, Brenda walked into my office. She sat down and she said, we're going to have a baby. And before I knew it, she was right. <laughs> and I was standing there in a hospital room looking at our little baby girl. And honestly, I, I looked at Brenda and I said these words, and I quote, now what are we going to do? <laughs> it's what I said. You can ask Brenda. Those were my words. Now what are we going to do? And I looked at Brenda, and man, she had just been through, well, childbirth. And she just looked at me, and she says, well, we're, we're going to take her home. And I was like, oh, man, well, they're doing a really good job here taking care of everything. <laughs> And then I'm looking at the nurses going like, do you see how young and unprepared we are? You're really going to send us home with a child? And she said, we're going to take her home and we're going to love her and we are going to take care of her and we are going to teach her to love Jesus. And you know what? It's been the craziest ride ever. And, And the next thing you know, you know, I mean, I just, in that moment, I felt so unprepared. I mean, most of us do in that moment. I mean, you really only get nine months to prepare yourself, right? And actually, the first three months don't even count because she's throwing up and I'm in shock. And, and so we're just like, like what's it? And next thing you know, you got this bundle of joy, and, you know, and we get this bundle of joy home, and, but we, we kind of figure it out, right? We figure it out how to make sure we feed them, how we change them, clean them, dress them, how we get them to sleep, kind of, every once in a while. As most parents, we figured out things as we, kind of as we went along. And the next thing you know, we're wondering where the years went and wondering if we did it right. And ha- having spent 25 years um, as a youth pastor, I-, I got a front row seat to see all kinds of different family systems And I also got at a front row seat to see how it works if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a mission for your family. You see, the world, if you don't have a mission for your family, the world will pick one for you. And it won't end up putting you where you hoped you would be. As parents, our mistakes become permanent parts of our child's story. Did you hear that? As parents, our mistakes, our lack of mission become a permanent part of our child's story. And I know right now some of you are feeling it. Some of you are like, oh, like, yeah, I wish I would have. And you know what? Here's the good news. There is grace and there's forgiveness and there is a good God in heaven, right? But for some of you, you know, we need to take a pause and work at getting this back online, So also the lessons that we're teaching our kids now, the lessons we teach them on purpose and lessons we teach them by mistake are writing themselves in the pages of our kids' lives and they're determining their direction in life. And their choices and direction, not your intentions, will determine their future 
and their eternal destination. That is why this is such important business. Because most parents are so busy. How many of you are busy? Come on, let's just be honest. You got to play along. This is like exercise in church, right? So yeah, how many of you are just busy? You just know you're busy, right? We know we're busy. And, and most parents are so busy working, paying the bills, taxing kids to the next thing that they never really have time to stop and consider what they're parenting to. I mean, what are you parenting towards? Just, just the next stop on the taxi route or just the next bills to get paid? What, what, are, you, what are you really parenting towards? I mean, what's your end game? What's your goal? See, here's what I want you to really think about for just a minute. And just let, let your head soak into this. What's the win for your family? What's the win? Now, let me suggest this morning that you have one. It might be to survive today, right? That might be your win. I know lots of parents that on any given day, that is their win. I just got to survive today, right? I mean, how many of you, how many of you moms who are, you know, trying to juggle kids have felt that? I just got to survive today, right? No? You guys all got this down? Yeah, yeah, amen, okay, yeah, we all, yeah. Now here's the thing, if that becomes your mission, just survive today, if you don't have anything but that, then that's what will happen. If that's your mission, then each day you will just do it all over again. And all you'll worry about is surviving each day. And can I just tell you, that's no way to live, and you know that. Now, if there's two parents in the home, they might have differing views on what the winds are. And if that's the case, if you have two parents with two different ideas about what the win is, then you will be parenting cross purposes and things will get cross. Communication will get cross. Attitudes will get cross. Everything will get cross. And this leads to tension in the home. How many of you have felt that before? Just a little bit? Yeah. Attention that your kids will sense, and, and, and hear this, this is, this is really important. And they'll, your kids will sense that tension. And that sense of tension that your children sense will begin to erode their sense of security. When they think, oh, everyone's going in their own direction, they will like file that and say, oh, I guess I just have to go my own direction too. And they'll look at the home and they'll say, oh, well, not everybody's on the same page. And what it means for them is there's, a, there's not a firm foundation. And so it will erode their sense of security and they will go looking for a sense of security somewhere else. And as they get older, they will sense that erosion. They will sense that tension and they will exploit it. Thereby adding more tension and that direction leads to an ugly destination. And some of you have felt it. Some of you have been it. And some of you just wish you could get out of it right now. You see, your kids, your kids have a win. It's called, what I want when I want it. Hashtag my way. Right? I mean, that's, that's what your kids' mission is. And, and most likely, it conflicts with your way. And when there's confusion of mission, it will lead to greater tension. So, so what's your win? What, what's your win for your family? Last week we talked like, what, what, what's your mission for you? Like, okay, how does that work itself out? What, what is the mission for your family? Because even if you have two people, okay, that have a mission, a personal mission, if those don't come together and you don't create a unified sense of mission in your home, then those two senses of missions will eventually bump into each other and there will be issues. So it's okay to continue to have your own mission, but you have to meld those things together if you want to have a home where kids are secure, understand their identity in Jesus, and you can pass that faith on to the next generation. And so you accomplish something for the kingdom of God, which you put first, at least you're just saying about it, 
And if you don't have a mission that's united and aligned with God's will, you will survive, maybe. But you will live in tension. And that's not what we want for you. And then who knows where your destination will be. So what's your win? What's your win for your kids? Is your win, for those of you who have kids, is your win just obedience? Come on, I mean, let's get honest. How many of you like had, had days where it's like, I wish I would just obey? That's, like, that's all I want. I just want obedience, right? But you know, that's not enough. Maybe it's safety. You just, you know, you want them to be safe. Maybe it's graduation. I, I have prayed with a lot of parents that have just said, please, dear Jesus, just let them graduate, <laughs> right? Maybe it's, the, you know, maybe your win for your kids is that they would have a better education so that they can get into a better college so that they can have a better career, a more lucrative career. Or maybe the win is to make you proud as a parent, right? To show off your parenting skills because they turned out okay. And maybe for you it's so that you could live vicariously through your children so that they could do better and go further than you did. Maybe you have dreams of the NFL, the MLB, the NBA, Broadway, Hollywood, Wall Street, right? And maybe you're driving the mission that way. And while all those things aren't necessarily horrible, they will never be enough. And quite often, they will misdirect your kids into a life of chasing after, chasing after, chasing after something that they're not even sure why they're chasing after. And that chasing will squeeze out their relationship with God. And is that the direction you want them to go? So here's the thing. If you haven't already, if you didn't hit the pause button yet, then hit the pause button and really think about the direction your family is moving in. Or you'll wake up one morning and discover you've been moving in the wrong direction. Or you will have been moving in different directions. And the further you go in different directions, without a unified direction or mission, the greater the family tension will get. Will get. I mean, we've all heard people say, we've just grown apart. Well, they have. They had two different completely competing missions. And they went in different directions. What they really need is a united mission that's aligned with God's will that keeps them together and keeps them moving forward to the destination that God has purposed for them. So let me ask you a question. What direction is your family moving in right now? Right now. Think about it, like, like where are you headed right now? Some of you are like, I just got to head out of here and get to the next thing. But where, where, like, like with the trajectory, I think I got it right this week, with the trajectory that you're on right now, where will things end up? And is that really where you want to be? Because you're moving in a direction right now. You're moving somewhere right now as a family, whether you chose it consciously, subconsciously, or unintentionally, you are moving in a direction. And that direction will determine your destination. Not just for you, but for your children, your grandchildren, and for generations after them, you are setting a trajectory that will take them somewhere. And this is just too important to be left up to chance or to be left up to someone else and God forbid left up to the world to call the shots. Because if you don't choose your direction, if you don't develop a mission for your family, one will be chosen for you. It will end up, you will end up being defined by your circumstances, the culture, the behavior of your children or their emotions or maybe the expectations of other people. Someone else will choose it if you don't. And if you don't have a mission, your decisions will all be reactionary. If you don't already have a mission that says this is where we're going, what you'll end up doing is when circumstances happen, you'll just react to them. When your kids freak out and they get all emotional, you'll just react to it. 
You won't know how to handle it and move through it and have a direction that's past it. You'll just be directed to react to that. And most of the time, we give into it so that we can make the uneasiness or the tension go away, at least momentarily. But then that redirects you to a place that you just don't want to go. And so we need a predetermined destination of where we want to end up. And if you don't determine what kind of people you want your family to be and develop a mission to get there, you will by default allow the world to determine who you and who your children will become. And you know what the the sickest thing about this whole thing is? is if you don't determine it and you let the world determine it for you, you will work and work and work and work and work to support a direction that leads to a destination that you never had planned on. And we see this at play in our society every single day. As a pastor, this is one of the things that just breaks my heart as I'm watching people as they work hard as they try hard, as they have good intentions, but without a direction, without a mission that's aligned with God's purposes, they're allowing the world to squeeze them, to conform them into a mold that they don't really even want to go. But they're convinced because the world says so that that direction might look pleasurable. And if you don't have a mission that helps your children understand their identity in Christ that he created them and has a plan and a purpose for them, they will listen to a culture that will try to redefine them and redefine the family, and they will follow their emotions rather than live on mission, and it will end up in a direction they never wanted to go and you never hoped they would go. Let me put it this way, okay, real simple. You are discipling your children to follow something. You're doing it right now. Whether, whether you like it or not, you are discipling your children to follow something. They will serve something. They will serve work. They will serve money. They'll serve possessions, houses, sports, entertainment, achievement, or Jesus. So what's it going to be? You will have to decide. Especially if you want them to follow Jesus, you will have to decide. I mean, what are your words, your actions, your attitudes, your calendar, your finances? What are they telling your kids is most important right now? Because every decision they watch you make is telling them something about what's most important to you and to your family. So what direction are you pointing them in? You know, last week we, we talked about God's mission to redeem people to himself. And that is the primary mission that that I hope every single one of you has as a family, right? It's, It's to help get our children to a point where they accept, where they find and follow Jesus. God's mission was to redeem people to himself and that became Jesus's mission. Then Jesus passed it on to his disciples, including us, and then it lands in our home. So just like your personal mission statement that we talked about last week, as a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you to create a family mission statement that aligns your family with God's mission. Now, I'm going to hit the pause button because I, I know some of you are feeling like the tension. Some of you are feeling the guilt. Some of you, the devil is using it to try to shame you, which, you know, just tell him no. Some of you are totally confused Right? Some of you are sitting there going like, okay, whoa, 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 like, wait a minute, I'm single, I don't even have, like, I don't even, well, hey, here's the great thing. If you're single, this is a great time to, to not only have a personal mission statement, but to be thinking about a family mission statement because you might not be single forever, right? And if you write one, then it will help direct you to someone who has a similar mission, Right? If you don't, you might find someone with a different mission. And like I said, that that can get crazy if you don't get those things aligned. I mean, some of you are saying this, 
you know, and I've already heard it once this morning. Some of you are saying, but wait a minute, I, I'm the only, I'm the only believer. I'm the only Christian in my home. Like I don't, or I'm the kid in the home and I don't, I don't have much power to, to shape or to form the mission. And I would just say, yeah, that's the devil talking because yes, you do. If you create a mission and you create what you believe God wants for your family and you start living that way, you can begin to influence what happens in your home, even if you're the only believer in that home. But here's the thing. If you don't do that, what are your chances of influencing the rest of the people that live under the same roof as you do? Some of you, some of you don't have kids yet. And I would tell you, this is the perfect time to create a family mission statement. If that's you, man, you, you, you need to get this down now, right? Before that bundle of joy comes home. And you need to know it. And you need to just have that thing memorized so that it will get you through. Now, some of you, are in the midst of it. And you're thinking, okay, we're in the middle of the chaos. And let me tell you this, it will not be easy to do, but you need to sit down and you need to create this because here's what I, and, and, and look at this is no, it's not a magic wand. It won't make everything go away, right? I, I mean, I heard something this week that I thought was really good. It says, you know, like we're, we're created, we're created, um, you know, with a rear view mirror, but not a reverse, you can look back and go, uh, but you can't go back and change all that. But what you can do is you can look forward and a mission statement will help you move forward. And if you do it correctly, it will help you move from the chaos, okay? Not immediately just going to erase the chaos, but it will help you move out of it in a way that puts you in a direction that has a preferred destination, and what's amazing is this. I know a lot of parents are like, yeah, but, but we've, got, we're, we've just got this mess. We've already created this mess. What do we do with this now? There is nothing better to teach your kids than how, when you get in a mess, to figure out how to get out of it and relying on Jesus to get you there. And so don't let the devil trick you into thinking, yeah, but we're already a mess and there's not much we can do about it. Yes, there is. By the grace of God, there is. Now, some of you, some of you are sitting out there and you're, you're thinking, okay, yeah, but my, my kids are out of the home. They're off my payroll, right? And, uh, <laughs> and some of you are really looking forward to that, right? And, and, and you're thinking like, and some of you, and, and, I, and I, I totally get this, and some of you are thinking, oh man, that did not go how we wanted it to. Like we had great intentions, but man, yeah, we, we, we really didn't have a lot of direction and now we're living with it, right? And, and, you're, and, and what the devil's doing in your head is he's saying, well, you already messed that up, why, why try now? And here's why. Because you still got a life. And again, what is the greatest thing you could do for your children? Is to demonstrate to them that, hey, you know what? If I redirect, if I start putting Jesus in control, it changes things. Again, it's not a quick fix. But it's a directional shift that puts you headed in the right direction that will get you to the right destination. And if you don't do that now, who is going to be the example of how to redirect to your children? And if you're purposeful, you can help guide them and guide the rest of your family from here on out. You see, God's plan for you did not stop when your kids left the house. Your, God's plan for you did not stop when you entered retirement. Some of you are like, well, yeah, well, what do we do? It's, you know, it's, it's just me and my wife, or it's just me. And like, what? God still has a plan and purpose for your life. He has a direction. And you need to continue to push towards that. 
Now, let me say this. You can do everything right, and your child may still go off the rails. And some of you have experienced that. Now, I just want to say to you, you know what? They make choices. And their choices determine their direction. And their direction determines their destination. And even if they've made bad choices, don't give up. Pray harder and do everything you can to help be an influence towards their direction. Don't wring your hands. Just say, hey, you know what? There's, I, there's nothing I can do. Yes, there is. There is always prayer. And the Bible says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So don't give up. And I know it's painful, but continue to press forward and continue to live your life on mission because living your life on mission continues to give them another option. And they'll always know that they can come home. You know, just make sure that their rebellion wasn't because you set the cruise control or didn't have a mission. And if you need to, just create one now. So I want to really quickly, in the next couple minutes that we have together, I want to I walk you through two passages of Scripture that I think will help us understand a little more clearly what God's desire, what God's mission for the family is. The first is in Psalms chapter 78. And I'm going to start in verse 1 and kind of just read through this. This is a, 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 just an amazing passage of Scripture. Um, and so I, I just want to... Um, Psalm 78, starting verse 1, it says, My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. Now catch this. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. Have you told your kids the powerful things God has done in your life lately? He decreed statutes for Jacob. He established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Do, do, you, do you see the direction there that God is hoping for us that we would pass on the Lord's word and the Lord's commands so that our children it says in verse 7 then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds and would keep his commands man is that part is that part of what's going on in your home if not man you need a mission statement that directs you there now the other passage is an amazing passage. And just to give you a little context, it's in the book of Deuteronomy, okay, back there in the Old Testament, okay, fifth book of the, old, of, of the Bible, okay, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. And, and um, I, I just give you a little context. Um, what's happened here is that the previous generation did not get it right, okay? The previous generation decided that they would kind of disregard God's mission for them. God got them to the promised land and said, hey, you're going to go take the promised land. And the people, they sent some spies in and everything else. And the people went, that's too hard. Like, I'm not sure we want to live that life. That life sounds kind of difficult. That, sound, that kind of life sounds a little bit counter what the rest of the world around us is living. We want to do our own thing. And you know what that direction? Do you know, do you know what destination that direction put the, that generation? It literally put them in the ground. Because God said, okay, you're not going to follow my direction? 
then you will walk in circles in the Sinai desert until you all die. If you don't want my destination, and if you're not willing to take the direction to get there that I've given you, then you will walk in circles. And how many people in the world do we just see walking in circles? Because they wouldn't go his direction. They just walked in circles until they died, literally. And then they come back. It's, it's crazy. They come back to the exact same spot. The promised land's right over there. And they come back to that exact same spot. And God says to them, he looks them in the eye and he says, now you know what happened to your forefathers. We stood right here. Promised land's right in front of them. And I said, go. And they said, no. And you buried all of them in the desert. And then Moses comes to the people. And he says, okay, look, God has this amazing place for us. The land, you've heard it, flowing with milk and honey. This place is the promised land. This is, this is amazing what God has in store for us. All we have to do is trust him and do it his way and go in his direction. And if we do... Man, he has all this great stuff in store for us. So that's the context. And then listen to what Moses tells the people, right? They've got the commands of God. They're ready to go. And here's what Moses tells them. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting verse 1. These are the commands and decrees the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So that... You, your children and their children after them, may fear the Lord your God as long as you live. This is the, this is the, I really learned something this week. This is really amazing to me. I've read this, I've preached this, I've taught this verse so many times, but something that just leapt off the page to me is this. It says, so that your, you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God. Now listen to this. As long as you live. Why well, didn't say as long as they live? Because only you can live out your mission. They have to establish their own mission, and how they live, if they live long, will determine whether or not they adopt the mission. Right? But you've got to get them there. And so he says, look, it'll go great with you, right? You'll fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. God has so much good for us. And then he says, hear Israel and be careful to obey that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord your God of your ancestors, ancestors promised you. Now then he gets into it and he says this. Hear, O Israel. We could just say, hear, O followers of Jesus, right? Hear, O Israel. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This little, those little two verses were called the Shema. They literally were, for Israel, their home mission statement. Every morning when they woke up, they would recite the Shema. Every night before they went to bed, they would recite the Shema. This was their family mission statement. What was their family mission statement? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. If you fast forward to Jesus' teaching, Jesus says this, right? He says, a new command I'm going to give to you, love one another. And he tells us, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, all the commandments hinge on that one thing, on, the, on that command right there. So this was their family mission statement. They had it hanging in their house, right? They had it on the doorframe. We're gonna get to that. And, and then he says this, he says, these commands I give you today are to be on your hearts. They gotta be in your heart first. They gotta start there. And then he goes on in verse 7, he says this, impress them on your children. I'm going to stop there for just a second. Impress them on your children. The word impress is a very unique word right there. 
Um, when you just think about the word impress, um, you, you, you can think about lots of things, right? But you can think about like an impression. How, how do you get something to leave an impression? I, remember Silly Putty? Right? Whatever you, you, you know, you push it on. I used to love, like, you'd put it on a coin and just smash it down on there and then it would leave an impression, right? So a lot of us are trying to parent that way. When, when it says impression, we're like, yeah, I got to cram it on them. <laughs> right? What happens when you take the silly putty off and you let it sit for a second? <laughs> the impression goes away, Right? I'm not saying that you've got to be like the, like lord it over them, cram all the things in their lives, right? No, in fact, here's another, think about this. Here's another, another meaning for the word impress. You have people that impress you, don't you? I mean, I'm impressed with lots of people, right? Things that they can do and everything else. I think that's the kind of impress that God's talking about here. It's like you should live such impressive lives, living out the commands of God, because they're already in your heart, that that in turn leaves an impression on your children. If you try to just shove it on them and then live however you want, or you live in ways counter to it, it will not work. You have to live it out in your life first. And when you live it out in your life, you will leave an impression on your children that will last. Now, how do you do it? The how is the next couple verses, right? He says, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. How many of you had a good talk with your children about the commands of God? Or, or have you hit cruise control? Well, I bring them to lift for crying out loud and they memorize verses I mean, I, how, how's the mission working for you in your, in your home? Or, do you, or again, do you, do you have one that will get there? So talk about it when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Then he says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. There's a lot to that we won't get into right now. But then he says, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In other words, keep it in front of them all the time. Brenda and I taught a parenting class one time and we were talking to parents about this and we said, how can we literally do this? And we had a bunch of families that literally went home, took a Sharpie and wrote the commandments on the door frames of their houses, right? We just, we made a commandment thing and we hung it. If you come to our house, as you walk out our door, you'll see right above it, it's got the commandments. They're sitting right there, they're written, right? Because that's important to us. It's part of our mission. We want to impress our children with the way that we live. And here's the thing, we, we don't get it right. So we have to impress them with the fact that we need, we accept, and we give grace. Lots and lots of grace. And when they see it, and when they feel it, they will want it. Maybe not right now. It might take a while. But if you're moving in a long direction, it will work. Now, I want to just give you some two tools real quick before we end about how to do a family mission statement. Last week, we did the personal mission statement. This week, kind of created a, a family mission statement. So you've got all the questions. I just want you to kind of stick with me for just a minute, and then we'll wrap this up, okay? Um, and so uh, we're going to jump in. There's some questions, and so we'll just start out. Go ahead. We'll go ahead and start the video. Here are the questions that you need to ask in writing a mission statement. First, what does God want our family to do? Right? Well, you had a bunch of it right there. Just go back and read that verse again. Second question might be this. What do we want people who look at our family to see? Right? So the people on the outside, what are they going to see when they look at us? What do we want to what do we want to be the foundation of our home? Right? Stuff, money, whatever, I don't I don't know, sports, you know. What principles and character traits do we want to teach our children? Okay? These are all on your handout thing. What sort of people do we want our kids to be when they're adults? So here are the questions. So I kind of went through some of this and I just gave some of like some quick answers that I had. And it looks something um, kind of like this. 
So what does God want our family to do? To follow Jesus, help others find and follow Jesus, right? Pretty simple. What do we want people to look at when they say our family? The love and compassion of Jesus, right? You're going to write probably a lot more than this. What do we want the foundation of our home to be? The kingdom of God, right? We want to put the kingdom of God first. What principles and character traits we want to teach our children? That we are blessed to be a blessing. We serve others. Put the kingdom first. Oh, that went way too fast. That's okay. Let it go. Now, if you have kids in your home, you can get them involved by asking these simple questions. Okay? What kind of feeling do we want to have in our home? They'll know that, right? because they know when it goes wrong. What kind of home would we want to invite our friends to? How should we treat others in our family? That's a big one, right? So what kind of feeling do we want to have in our home? Friendly, fun, happy, loving, right? I tried to answer like kids. So welcoming, safe, fun, home to invite our friends to. How should we treat each other with love, respect, and all that stuff? That went really fast. You got them on your paper, right? Sorry. Now, here's, our, here's, here's the family mission that I, that I put together for us. So we follow and lead others to Jesus. We put God's kingdom first. Use what we have been blessed with to bless others. We serve others with love and compassion. And we live with a sense of adventure. And we change the world. Pretty simple. Right? And you're thinking, wow, you could put a whole lot, yeah, you could put a whole lot more on there. But you know what? I think it's fitting that today we're, we're, we're going to go down and eat some tacos in a minute. Because this was a big thing for us. Um, we knew that we did not want to raise children at the end of the rainbow, which did you see those rainbows this week? <laughs> you. We did not want to raise children who lived at the end of the rainbow and just lived for the stuff, for the possessions, for all the things that everybody else had here. You know, we didn't want them to live for all these other things. We, we wanted our children to know that we put the kingdom of God first. And that we've been blessed, and so we want to bless other people. And so we want to make sure that we're serving every chance we get. And so rather than doing other things. And again, I don't, don't, don't get guilt. Don't let the devil beat you over the head if this isn't your thing. But for us, for us, we just decided, hey, what, what could we do with a week of our life when the kids are off school at spring break? Now we could decide to do a whole lot of stuff. And there's a whole lot of good things that you could do. But our mission statement directed that we go bless others because we ourselves have been blessed, that we go serve others because that's part of who we want to be. And we go serve with love and compassion to some people who are in need. And so we just decided that every year we were going to head to Mexico and build a home. And what I can tell you is this, is that that commitment because of our mission um, had a huge impact on the lives of our kids. And I think now looking back, they can all see that it did. And when you have a mission, it's amazing to watch God make it work. And, and because we've done that, I, I watched, I've watched our kids grow into amazing adults who now have families of their own and who are generous people who serve, who are teaching their children to know and to follow Jesus. Hey, we, we had a lot of moments that were not our finest parenting moment. But when you have a mission and you have a destination that's long-term, you can make up for some places where you get off track a little bit. But you gotta be pointing somewhere. And here's what I want you to know. God, he loves you and he loves your family. And he wants to use you to accomplish great things for the kingdom. 
And so this morning, I just want to end with this. I just want to pray for you and pray that you will pray that if you don't already have a mission statement for your family, that God will give you the right words and the right way to do this. I'll, I'll post there. I, I have a thing that you can use to kind of help create one. I'll post that online um, in our media section under the notes and stuff. Um, but I just want to encourage you to pray. Pray that God gives you a real sense of mission. Whatever stage you're at, whatever's going on, whatever direction you might be going in right now, that God might redirect you to the place that he wants you to go so that you can experience clarity in direction and hope in destination. And you'll know that you're walking with him. Amen? So don't just hear this. Go home and work this. And I promise you that if you do, it will reap dividends that you cannot see right now. Because he's a good God. And he wants good for you. So let me pray for you. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the, the fact that you want what's best for us. And that, God, you call us into a life of mission and direction. Father, not, not to make things hard for us, not, not to, you know, just slap our hands when we get off direction, not, not, Father, you know, so that we will, you know, just kind of struggle through life, but, God, so that we will learn to depend on you, to trust in you, and to reap the benefits of life with you. So, Father, help us pray for every family represented in this room that Lord God you do a powerful thing and give them purpose and meaning and direction God give them a true sense of mission because I know when we live on mission when we live on mission together God we will change the world for the gospel of Jesus Christ so move us Father change us from the inside out to be change agents for you give us a sense of mission Father and the courage to live it out. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the NPFCC Messages podcast. If this message blessed you in any way and you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit us online at npfcc.org. Again, that's npfcc.org. To support the ongoing work of our ministry, you can make a donation at npfcc.org give. But be blessed and may the Spirit empower you to actualize this message today.